The following podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Connect, Australia's newest choice for event management and brand development specialising in pro wrestling. And now, now the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Watch global, global. Support local, local. It's the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Ladies, gents, non-binary friends, welcome to this edition of the Impact Zone. We are back here at the B Plus talking about Impact Wrestling. I'm your host, Mr. Mysterious, and this is going to be a wondrous wondrous episode because we're back we had a little bit of a week break and i'm just it's good to talk about impact wrestling again impact through my times here with the b plus has become one of my favorite promotions to talk about it's slowly gotten better and better and now it's at that point where a lot of stuff is happening and it's on the rise and if you are listening to this you feel it's on the rise too so I'm happy to talk to you about that, and I'm going to be talking to you guys as well, not only about the latest taping, but of course, the Impact Plus exclusive events. We have Unbreakable, where we crowned a new number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, and Starstruck at California. I'll go through those events as or through all those matches as well, I should say. We have a lot to discuss. Um, Most of it great. Some of it I'm a bit questionable about. Other stuff, uh, we'll see how it pans out. But for the most part, this has been a solid week for Impact Wrestling. Their whole, it's been a real, like their California summer tour, I believe it is. It's been very successful and timed out very well. We've uh, we've got Rhino back. Spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't listened from a couple weeks ago or you haven't been following news for the past month, uh, the cat's out of the bag now. Rhino is officially a part of the Impact Wrestling roster. He's had a few matches under his belt now on Unbreakable and Starstruck. We'll uh, see him on one of the tapings and sub point in the next couple weeks. Sure, it's going to be a very great time. I am very much looking forward to what Impact have in store for Rhino and just I'll be able to answer the question for you guys. Can he still go in his 40s after being sidelined to catering in WWE without paying paying six-figure salary just to sit around and do nothing? Yes is the short answer, but I'll get to the long answer in just a little bit. So how about I get through the latest taping of Impact Wrestling. So we are in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, and we start out with a big number one contenders match for the Exhibition Championship. It's a big six-man match. You have Wentz versus Aiden Prince versus Rahit Raju versus Chuck Mumbo versus Cody Dina, versus P.D. Williams. Where would we be in Canada without P.D. Williams? This has become the norm now for Impact Wrestling. It's just a big, explosive, get all your X-Division cruiserweights out there to create some magic and just see what sticks. That's essentially what's happened over the past few weeks. It's I'm okay with it now. Um, I will say, so of all the names in here for the number one contendership, you can kind of tell who's going to be winning 
like because Chuck Mumbo, complete unknown. You have you have Wentz and Rohit Raju and Cody Dina. They're all like part of tag team, so they're out of the they're out of the race right from there. So you have it's going to be a uh, hometown boy. It's either Petey Williams or Aiden Prince, and Petey Williams did win a shot a while back. So by process of elimination, you can see what's happened here. Nevertheless, this is actually a pretty entertaining six-man brawl. Uh, from Right from the bell ringing, Raju went straight for Dina, slapped him across the face. That rivalry is still going on. All the men disappeared to the outside of the ring, except for Mambo and Williams. They had a back and forth. Like, it was just to showcase the best of the high flyers of their respective tag teams. There was a nice little moment where Cody Dina and Petey Williams, they're about to do double suicide dives, but Cody Dina made sure that Petey Williams had the Canadian flag on him like a cape when they did a big little Superman superhero landing, which I, I really enjoyed there. Chuck Mumbo surprised me. I'm going to actually have to look him up some more in the independent scene. He pulled off some really great stuff, uh, really worked well. Like a lot of the match never faltered, which I'm really happy with. Uh, William Williams was about to do his patented Canadian destroyer on Wentz. Raju pushed him out of the way to cover Wentz. Then Wentz kicked out at two. Prince dropped Mambo and then went to the top rope to land a 450. He covers Mambo and gets the win. It was a, a pretty cool like brain buster 450 combination. It was actually pretty cool. So your new number one contender for Jake Christ X Division Championship, Aiden Prince. And I'm very interested to see how Jake Chris run is with the X-Vision title and his relationship now with OVE. So we cut to outside where the OVE clan cult, whatever you want to call them, are discussing Jake's win from last week. Jake tells his family that there will be hell to pay if anyone tries to take the title off him, even touch it, even like take it away from Sammy is thinking like he's mucking around, give it over. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is the most important thing that's ever happened to me. Sammy's just saying, you have a wife and children. The most important thing to ever happen to me. This was made even better by his brother just going, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> like Dave Christ has just become this sardonic, like he's just sick of Sammy Callahan's shit at this point. <laughs> he's just like, he, he's not condoning what uh, Jake is doing, but he's just like, yeah, that, that, that tracks that. That sounds about right. But uh, Sammy Callahan, he seems to be on the same page with Jake for now. They're actually teasing. It's interesting to see after months and months and months of Jake Chris being the the little clone of Sammy Callahan. Now that he's got some gold behind him, he's getting a little confident. He's getting a little cocky. It's I kind of like it. It's a nice little dynamic. Like they're teasing that maybe there might be a little bit of um, anarchy in the ranks at some point. But for now, it's kind of cute. It's like they're just kind of one-upping each other, which I, I find entertaining. So pretty much Sammy Callahan takes over, says no one cares. There's a bigger issue, and that's Tessa Blanchard. He then releases Madman Fulton. He goes behind a steel cage as if he was in jail and just like telling the Chris brothers, open the cage, and he'll be facing Tessa Blanchard tonight. Very solid stuff. Uh Back in backstage, you have Tesla is making her way into the building. Rich Swan tries to stop her and tell her he believes in her, but don't do this match. Fulton is a psychopath. Over a psychopath, I should know. 
warns her to be careful. He tries to offer his assistance. Tessa's like, I need to do this on my own. Tessa is doing it for the entire women's division, just for herself, just to prove that like women are all that and then some in Impact Wrestling, which, you know what? I love it. I love how this story has progressed with Tessa. She's now the golden girl of their ranks. Pretty much the... I think she's the most over person on the roster, I'm not going to lie, by design. So looking forward to that intergender match. But unfortunately, there is another intergender match on this uh, episode of Impact Wrestling, and this is Havoc versus Johnny Bravo. Now, fortunately, this was a quick squash, but I would have hoped, like, did we really need this? I don't think we needed this at all because this could have gone to another person on the knockouts roster. This could have gone to another woman to face off against Havoc. I mean, it's helping the storyline with Taya. I'll, I'll touch on that throughout the episode, but I didn't need to see it. It's just from the, from the get go, Bravo is still trying to seduce Havoc after last week. Uh, apparently the E stands for erotic after his talk with Scarlet Bordeaux last month and he still believes that so he's trying to show a little bit of skin show a little bit of chest hair and try and seduce havoc he's he's insane <laughs> he's insane for the better part uh havoc takes a leg toss him all around the ring uh lifts him up bravo sticks his fingers in her eye that's the only bit of offense he really got havoc ended the match with a choke slam she gets the win after the match though sue young appears on the screen and starts talking this is serious. Like, granted, it was in a different language, but she's actually talking. She's showing character. What did she say? I can't tell you. It seemed like it was a very sing-song voice that she was talking in. It might have been a poem. It might have been like a, a warning, like an eerie omen. Like the message was clear. Like she's coming for havoc. Like she's coming for. Like maybe not just havoc. I, I'm very curious. The fact that there's personality behind Sue Young, the undead bride. Finally, her makeup's different. Just from this little thing here, I'm actually really excited for what is in store for Sue Young. That the knockouts division has in this in 2019, it's now become the hub and the poster promotion for women's wrestling by by default because all it wrestling. They haven't started just yet. Like they're obviously their big thing is tag team wrestling and women's wrestling, and they're going to have women's t- women's title and women's tag team titles. So they're going to be leading the charge. Like in twenty twenty, in the coming months, they're going to be like the number one. But for now, you look at the landscape. Like WWE, their biggest failings are the women's division and the tag team division, especially. Unfortunately, the women's tag team division. I'm sorry, Iconics. I love you. Um, I would love to see you actually wrestle. That's that's just me. But you look at other promotions like Ring of Honor. They don't. Or their Women of Honor division. It's it's shit. It's absolute trash. Uh, New Japan doesn't have a women's division. MLW doesn't have a women's division. Pretty much like yes, you have your promotions like Shine, Rise, Shimmer, and those have some of the best women's wrestling in the world. More people should watch it. But if you're looking at the more mainstream, like your top level, like streamed promotions, Impact are leading the charge by default. And they've kind of realized this now. 
where there's a bit of a promo going around saying like, I believe it's, it's kind of, it kind of has the same vibe as I have a dream Martin Luther King. I actually really dig it. It, it, They play it in this taping. They play it in unbreakable and starstruck. I love it. I absolutely love it. And this is the angle they should be taking that they're actually realizing that they need to be their own thing. And if they can make, if they can only, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this, but like Tess, if Tess is going to move to AW eventually, like they just need to make her this absolute juggernaut in the impact wrestling division. So that if she does choose to leave, then everyone will remember her more for impact than AEW. And that's that They'll be take a long time to shake and then they can work on the next knockout or the next star, like maybe in the man in the male division, like, impact wrestling i am very much looking forward to what you have in store and it, it, the pro, the trajectory is only going up you have to notice like it's only getting better and more people need to watch this so after the su young promo getting back to the taping itself the north are talking about their strategy for tonight defending against their defending their titles against the rascals this is the north and like josh alexander ethan page these guys are crushing it. Like they have filled the void of Santana being injured of LAX so so well. They are pushing these guys so hard. And granted, this is this is a pre-taped episode, but to give you guys an idea, the main event for this taping for Unbreakable and for Starstruck were for the Impact Tag Team Championships. They are investing so much time in these guys. They are trusting them to lead the brand and these guys are grabbing it by the horns they are like taking the ball they're running the whole nine yards they are kicking ass right now it's great to see ethan page just have this whole complete character change like he's not he's still an asshole he's still like all ego but he's just got that much more fire and josh alexander is an absolute beast i'll touch on that later but man absolutely loving it we have uh, another match now. <clears throat> Did someone say adventure? No, but it's great to see Stone Rockwell. He comes out to the ring to talk to the fans, uh, to introduce himself and tell you what he's all about. Being adventurous. I'll save you, damsel. That's that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> he has a match against Ace Austin. So before the bell rings, Austin goes right for the attack on Rockwell. Uh, Rockwell counters a back a bit. Like he's a big boy. He's just, he's all showboating. Like he probably, he has a nice couple of moveset, couple of like moves that can subdue Ace Austin for a little while. Uh, but eventually Austin connects with a back kick and then the fold one, two, three, Austin picks up the victory. They, uh, you notice that aside from the starting match and the main event, all these matches are like very, very quick. They don't go for more than maybe five minutes, which is bizarre, especially for an episode of Impact Wrestling. So winner is Ace Austin. He's going to celebrate on the entrance ramp. And afterwards, Eddie Edwards meets Austin halfway and attacks him from behind after Austin tried to hit on his wife last week. I miss miss one week of Impact Wrestling, and all of a sudden, everything's like that. So I... I don't know if I'm agreeing with this. This is a little bit. I wanted a character change from Eddie Edwards. Like, yes, I do want a character change, 
but I thought he'd get more psychotic. I thought he'd get more violent. Like, yes, like, but he's just like back off my girl. Like back. That's, that's his whole thing. Like, why is his wife still with him? It's <laughs> like, I thought by now that she would have like, he distanced himself after he pretty much bit off Killer Cross's face. Right. How is she still with him? Like, and if, if that's the angle they could go for, maybe Alicia is finally, so she says it's over. Then she sees seeing Ace and then Ace and Eddie fight. Like I, the way they're going about it is bizarre to me. Like, granted, yes, Eddie is changing, but it's not by much. It's more. It, it could have been motivated purely by the fact that he defeated Killer Cross after lots of psychological torture in a first blood match. But now he's starting. His character's changing. Like after after snapping Kenny as well. Like after all that. But now he's being motivated by like someone hitting on his wife, who is probably going to be his ex-wife soon in, in storyline. <laughs> if he keeps up whatever he's doing, I don't know. It's bafflingly impacts can, I, I don't know the direction this is going. I'm hoping that it corrects itself. And regardless, Eddie Edwards is changing into something. What it is, we'll have to wait and see. But for right now, color me confused, ladies and gentlemen. Backstage, we have Tessa Blanche is getting ready for a match again. Madison Rain introduces herself as the locker room leader. Um, pretty much uh, the quote going around, if you call yourself the locker room leader, you ain't the locker room leader. That is, that's pretty much all you have to say about that. But uh, Madison is implying that it's great that you're doing this for everybody in the women's division. She was going to say, it seemed like she was going to say she might even accompany her to the ring. But Blanchard tells her to leave her alone. And then Madison, the moment that Tess is out of the ring, she's just like, you're dead. It's like, you're going to die against Madman. After the break, we have Alicia and Eddie get into argument about what Eddie just did. He's thinking like, are you see, are you seeing Ace? Like, is it Ace now? Like, yeah. And again, very confused about it all. During this whole kerfuffle of a thing, it was a weird transition that they did. So, they had a break, and apparently in that break, so Stone Rockwell never left the ring, Moose came out to the ring and and speared Stone Rockwell, his no jackhammer required spear. Back to the ring, Moose is on the microphone. It was a weird, weird transition. Um, I don't know if it was down to production or timing. I don't know. Whatever the case, Moose is in the ring, grabbed the microphone, said he doesn't care anymore about what he does. He attacks Rockwell some more. Like the other week, he attacked, um, he attacked a jobber just to say like he did this awesome promo. I should say like he's saying that how um he is Mister Impact Wrestling, how he has been the constant in Impact for years now, and he asked simply last week, "Where are your like last three former world champions? Like <laughs> they're not here." That's exactly the point. Like you had. Uh, Johnny Impact, you have Pentagon, you have Austin Aries, like they're gone. They're gone. And even Brian Cage is maybe, I don't know, we'll touch on Brian Cage in a second, but yeah, Moose is on the hunt for, to make a name for himself. And throughout all of this, 
after, while he's attacking Stone Rockwell, someone's music hits, Falabar comes out, and Moose goes right into attacking once. It comes to the ring, and this leads to an impromptu match. She actually says, let's have a match. And I call this a match. Again, this was a quick one-minute match. Bar jumps off the rope, squashes Moose, goes for the cover, beats Moose, proving his point of why he came down to the ring in the first place just to shut him up. Um, backstage, Moose is furious. Moose is furious saying, like, oh, I never agreed to this match, da-da-da. And just like, I don't, this was a bad idea. If they're going to lead to a match with Falabar and Moose, like, these are two big boys that I want the best, nothing but the best for in Impact Wrestling moving forward. But Moose, again, he has momentum, and then they treat him like a bumbling idiot. And he acts like a bumbling idiot. It's it's a bizarre thing. It's like, think of all the weird WWE storyline decisions, and it's like, if they were projected onto one character in an Impact Wrestling ring, Moose. That That's the the best description I can find that I can think of to describe Moose's character and how they try and make him this big... Like, he beat RVD, and like, granted, RVD is nowhere near his prime anymore, but the effort, the, but the message is still the same. You beat a former Impact World Champion, and he's on the hunt. Now he's just lost to Falabar, and they're going to have maybe a match at Bound for Glory, where Moose might win again. I don't know. I don't know where it's going. Uh, I, again, I wish nothing but the best for both men involved. But man, there's, it just did not work for me, this quick 60-second squash. It's just literally since Falabar won by squashing him off the top rope. Back from the break, so after the Moose promo, of course, we have the intergender match that we were leading up to. Madman Fulton, accompanied by Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Fulton, I did love this. Like This is one of the best highlights for this episode. So again, this match didn't last any more than five minutes. And I love the dynamics, like size-wise, strength-wise. Like the, it, it is an intergender match, but it's a big, like you, you're facing a monster and madman Fulton and just the back and forth, the ring psychology there was beautiful. Uh, Callahan throughout the match when he's, when he's like, he choked slammed her, like he tossed all around the ring saying, this is what happens when you get in the ring with a monster and everyone's calling Callahan a piece of shit and just like, he's playing his role to perfection. But yeah, it's, it didn't last long. It did not last long at all. Like Blanche has slapped Fulton in the face. Like he picked her up for a bear hug. She's not giving up. She's resilient. She's proving she is the undeniable leader of impact wrestling right now. Tr- uh, tried to break the hole a few times, throwing a few hits to the back of his head. She pulled on some of his dre- dreadlocks, which, um, which shocked him greatly because <laughs> only Sammy can do that. That's how Sammy controls him. Clearly there's like a some conditioning from the OVE compound to how they actually control Madman. <laughs> After that, Blanchard pulled off a DDT and then a few forearms to the face. Callahan grabbed a chair and told Fulton just to kill her. Like this is like a nitpick thing, but the fact that Callahan motivates Madman by slapping him, like shouldn't that be a disqualification? Like the fact that he is, in a sense, beating up someone in the ring—it's—it's it's semantics. It's not the intention, but just like if it's in front of the referee, really, he should be like, mm, yeah, referee's discretion. 
sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent there. But after that, so he's saying to kill Tessa. And then who comes out but Tommy Dreamer? The answer for Impact Wrestling's storyline problems all the time. They can't think of something to do. They can't think of a mystery opponent. Add in Tommy Dreamer. You want to try and put someone over, get him to invoke the spirit of ECW. Bring out Tommy Dreamer saying that you are the future. You remind me of myself when I was in ECW and all this shit. (laughs) But Tommy comes down to the ring, helps out Tessa, despite the fact that she said she wanted to do this on her own. Like, you know, she doesn't need anyone's help. She wants to lose by herself if that's what's going to happen. But nope, Tommy comes out to the ring uh, with a kendo stick. I love how Tommy dropped the kendo stick. It kind of, uh, it fell off the ring ropes and then it landed into Tessa's arms. It was, it was like, it looked like an accident and I hope it was an accident because it was timed really well. And then Tessa went to town on Madman, just beating him the crap out of him with the kendo stick. And then, um, Madman's out of the ring. Blanchard helps Dreamer get out of it by hitting Fulton. Yeah. Callahan, like he grabs Fulton by the dreadlocks and tells him to leave. So winner, I don't know who won. I I, I would imagine because Tommy actually hit Madman first. Your winner by DQ, it's Madman Fulton. Um, but otherwise, if the ref didn't count that properly, then Tessa won by countout. I I feel like Madman won. It wasn't very clear. As you can tell, the, the whole idea. So they kind of bailed out on this big, like, psychopath intergender wrestling match. They they bailed on it completely. It was a nice effort. Didn't need Tommy Dreamer. He could have came out afterwards. But, yeah. What can you do about that? Um, we'll keep going on. Michael Elgin has talked about Rhino interference in his match with Brian Cage last week. He threatens that Rhino's time and impact will be a short stay. And if it's a short stay, Rhino is back wrestling, which there is nothing bad about that. Like, granted, it's a ECW original taking the spot of a new up-and-coming star, but man, like after the matches I've seen of Rhino in Impact already, I'm just excited that he's in, he's back in it. So uh, backstage, you have a newcomer is in the knockouts locker room uh kira hogan and mattis brain are trying to introduce themselves and trying to punk her out and the best frenemies are just bickering amongst themselves bickering with the newcomer she looked like ruby Wright without all the tattoos i don't know who it was um maybe new girl on the block that's what we should take from all this we had an impact plus moment of the week it was the motor city machine guns versus generation me uh, you guys might know them as the Young Bucks. Like they, they've had an okay career so far. Like it's not like they're uh, executive vice presidents in one of the biggest companies in 2019 moving forward. Like, but these are the early years. Uh, this was actually this went for far longer. So after in the tapings, after about three or four matches of just squash matches that have only gone for like five minutes at at most you had the impact plus moment, which went for about 15 minutes. And granted, this was, this is one of my favorite matches of all the Bountiful glories, the machine guns versus the young bucks, because there was 
no give in that match. Like that everything was going a mile a minute. It was one of the most perfectly timed. It's one of the best matches that TNA's ever put on. Uh I question why like I see the Impact Plus moments. They should be highlighting some of the stars on the current roster rather than two two tag teams that are not going to be a part of Bound for Glory like at all. Like you have Chris Sabin who's still injured, Alex Riley who has come out of retirement for Ring of Honor, but he's doing a singles thing. Like the Young Bucks are doing like the Young Bucks are doing AEW. Uh, there's no way at all that they could even muster these guys coming back. So that really it's just to show the quality content from Impact Plus and what they can expect from Bound for Glory, which is the next big pay-per-view coming up in October. I think October 10th. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's a double-edged sword. So I'm glad that they showed this match because it's one of the best matches that TNA ever put on. I just wish that they would use the Impact Plus moment to highlight some of the stars they have on their roster now to kind of not rely on the nostalgia, not rely on the history of TNA and their impact is far different to what TNA is. It's a far cry from what has happened in the past four or five years. And like this, and that match was in 2010 as well. Like there's a lot that's happened in that company since then. They don't need to focus on the TNA moments from that far away. They could have focused on a Rhino match. I would have loved to see like show Rhino winning the world title. That would have been far better to actually show the gauntlet that he went through to win the NWA World Championship before it became the TNA World Title, stuff like that. Like I'm hoping that maybe in the next coming weeks they'll do that. Speaking of Rhino, he is outside and he announces that he is back to do what he wants, when he wants. He is stealing my lines and whenever he wants. <laughs> he's stealing my lines. Um, he's putting everyone on notice. He's back. He did not want to just, as I mentioned before, sit at the catering table and not wrestle. He wants to rip apart anyone who stands in his way. This is a very, he just wants to beat the crap out of people. And immediately you're just like, I'm invested. I'm in love to see what's happening here. Main event time, ladies and gentlemen, the rascals, Trey and Dez. Like I should mention, this is an interesting thing. So you had Wentz in the exhibition title contendership match at the start. And usually you have Wentz and Dez as the tag team and Trey as the singles guy. But now it's Trey and Dez representing the Rascals in this main event versus the North for the tag titles. Very interesting uh, kind of play. Like They didn't have any promos to explain the change up. It just happened that way. I can't explain it, but it might be to kind of squash the storyline of Trey saying like you guys are losing for the team I like I'm gonna win us the tag titles because I could have won them like for those of you guys don't know uh the North actually beat Trey was the one who took the pin in this match now this as I mentioned you had about three or four matches less than five minutes this one went for 20 minutes this was a tag team spectacle the North Long may they freaking rain. Amazing, amazing main event. Like right from the right from the jump, you had you had Josh Alexander power slam both members of the Rascals. They like off the top rope. You had so much 
backs. You had so much tag team combinations. I cannot praise this main event enough. It like they if they had to invest their time in one match on this entire episode, they invested in the right one. The North gratefully pick up the win, and after like. I would lose my mind going through half the shit that these guys did. Like Trey worked really well with, um, with Dez. Uh, but again, he took the pinfall. Your winners and still the tag team champions. After the match, the North were heading backstage. They get jumped by Ortiz out of nowhere. Hits him with a trash, the lid of a trash can. The North, of course, they use their numbers game to fight back. And even though the North thought they had the upper hand, out comes Daga, accompanied by Conan, makes them scurry away. And Ortiz may have accepted now that Daga is on his side and this new iteration of LAX. So maybe Daga is now officially a part of LAX. I don't, we'll see how long this lasts. I'm, I'm a bit confused, but that was impact wrestling for this week. Uh, a very confusing, like there's a couple of confusing things throughout this episode, but Man, the when you look at it, look at it as a whole, it was one of the best episodes of Impact they've done this year. I cannot praise the main event enough between the North and the Rascals. Again, they are pushing the North to the moon, and rightfully so because they are going to lead Impact through whatever comes their way throughout the rest of the year. Now, before we get into the other big Impact exclusive events the unbreakable and starstruck events let's cut to greg with our sponsors promotional consideration paid for by the following hey everyone just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors outbreak nutrition outbreak nutrition are creating supplements for survival sharper minds quicker reflexes all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level whether that be on the field in the gym on the gaming field, that's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game and to dominate in all areas of life. So check out OutbreakNutrition.com, and for being a listener of our podcast, they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B+. That is B-P-L-U-S at checkout. So make sure if you want to stay on top of your game, if you want to take your performance to the next level, OutbreakNutrition.com, enter the code B+, at checkout. Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B-plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things. And everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie Graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash the B plus and subscribe today. 
And we are back, guys, kicking things off with Impact Plus's exclusive event, Unbreakable, where they crowned a new number one contender between Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan. I'll be talking about that. I'll be talking about Starstruck. There's a lot of Impact Wrestling to get through. A lot of it. I do apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I don't usually talk about Impact Wrestling for this long, but I will try and get through as much of it as I can and try and give you guys all the big details that came out of this. Now, Unbreakable, I just finished watching this. This is about three hours worth of wrestling. And the Impact Plus events, the thing is, they're usually a big dip in quality from uh, the, the TV shows, the weekly taped TV shows in production. Like, the audio messes up, you don't hear the fans properly, the commentary is, like, too loud sometimes, there's, like, glitches, and... It comes off really um, $5 wrestling standard. It, it doesn't come off really well at all in a lot of ways. And like I've, and, and usually in that, in that case, I usually just give the results from the Impact Plus events so far, right? But I wanted to sit down and go through every, like d- despite the audio issues or editing issues, I wanted to sit down and watch all of this one, not only for the the main event where we crowned a new number one contender but there was so much going on in this one because we had rhino's first match with impact wrestling you had scott steiner in the six-man tag which i'll get to in a second you had again the north main eventing another impact plus exclusive show you had so much in this whole thing and it was like, honestly from all the ones I've watched. I think this was the best Impact Plus exclusive they have actually done to date. I I I shit you not. I think it's amazing what they have put on with this. So this was in Santa Ana, California, and right from the get go, this was like you had some audio issues. So we had the first match, which was Peter Avalon and Ray Rosas defeating. Chris Bay and Watts. So these guys aren't part of the Impact Wrestling roster. They're local talent, uh, champion wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think about 10 minutes in, that's when the commentary actually woke up and that's when it actually synced in with the wrestling. Uh, again, audio issues. So once you got over that match, which unfortunately is a, sad to say, it was, it was all right. Peter Avalon, you know he's destined for things in the future with AEW and the the librarian. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> so once they got through that match, really they got their shit together from that point on. Uh, so after that match, you had an Impact X Division title scramble. So Jake Crist faced off against Ace Austin, Adrian Quest, Danny Limelight, and Trey of the Rascals, fatal five-way match for the X Division Championship. Jake Chris won. So again, what we're used to with Impact Wrestling, a big five-man, six-man X Division, like slugfest, like spots galore, high-flying every which way. Loved it. Jake Chris, understandably, picked up the victory. And you have... Um, before this, of course, you had an OVE promo. So only Sammy Hallahan and Jake Crist are there for the Unbreakable event. So Madman and uh, Jake's brother are not there in attendance. And the back and forth is just 
Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And Jake is actually offering to help out Sammy in the main event. And Sammy's saying, I don't want you anywhere near the main event. I want to defeat Tessa on my own. I don't need you to win. Right? So keep that in mind for what's happening later on. And yeah, Jake is the golden draw, I should say. He wants to be known as the golden draw from now on, from the, the taping from last week as well. Like His confidence is, he's the captain of confidence right now. I'm, I'm loving it. But yeah, and he's just come off his first title defense. So congratulations to Jake Christ. I, or could this be the year that OVE got all the gold? I, I don't know. We had uh, Madison Rain defeat Ayoka Mahara. Uh, another local, this match, it was okay. Again, I, I, I say it all the time, uh, with Josh Matthews and Don Callis, like they, they can't keep their shit together when they're talking about Madison rain. Like, just like, Oh, Madison is don't tell anyone. She's actually like married to Josh Matthews, but we'll try and keep it as subtle as we can. You masters of subtlety. It's not working. Please stop. Someone just mute. Um, Josh Matthews Mike when he is uh, <laughs> commentating for his wife it doesn't come off well it does not come off well unfortunately but yeah Madison Rain uh, tried to it was a nice little match that they had you had Michael Elgin defeat Eddie Edwards again I was looking for some kind of character changes here between like with Eddie Edwards like some kind of little like, this should be the Impact Plus events, you would think they're non-canon, but the fact that uh, you have a winner f- for the number one contendership for the world title makes you think that some of this should be at least carry forward. Like if if the the North can win the tag titles in Impact Plus exclusive event, then you would think that these events should be canon in some way, right? And I was looking at Eddie, and I was just trying to think like, are you getting? crazier are you getting more unhinged right and granted he had to step it up a level to face off against michael elgin like the amount of chops that he did the uh, compared to the amount of forearms that elgin did like he 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 he, they they brought it to each other they did all they could do but i didn't see any difference in eddie and i just i want to see something different it's not happening i'm i'm actually i am starting to worry about the direction they're going with Eddie Edwards. I'm hoping, like, if you beat Killer Cross, there should be some kind of dramatic change to a character, right? And at the moment, I'm not seeing it, but maybe the other tapings will shed some light on that down the line. Regardless, Michael Elgin, the unbreakable Michael Elgin, after the name of the pay-per-view, he wins... Afterwards, my favorite match on this entire thing, uh, which is saying something because there are a lot of good matches in this. You have little Petey Pump, Petey Williams, Thick Mama Pump, Jordan Grace, and Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. He is back in Impact Wrestling, and they face off against the, um, I'll get the names right, Dick Meyer, Jervis Cottonbelly. You, you're not, if you know... Um, in the indies, there's the he's this luchador with this really meme-like uh, mask. It's he's faced off against Orange Cassidy a few times. Like there's a video of um, Jervis trying to put Orange Cassidy to sleep. Like it's that guy. It's that luchador. Uh, 
and uh, Ryan Taylor. I believe the group was called Razamataz, which, yeah, Jervis was hilarious. I'll get to him. But we, <laughs> Scott Steiner it's, did a promo. He's basically a walking wimp. He's basically a walking meme at this point. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, he's talking about people talking shit about him online and that stuff doesn't mean much, but Steiner mass that's forever, man. That's forever. Like I shit you not. He's doing another Steiner mass promo. He's <laughs> like my one forty-one and two thirds percent chance of winning. is only amplified by PD Williams. One of the biggest cruiserweights ever. And his percentage chance, that means that we're going to win this match. <laughs> and then, um, oh, this, this oh, you can take this with a grain of salt. Like, Scott Steiner is like, my X factor in Jordan Grace, right? And he's saying, like, every man, like, this is Scott Steiner's words. Every man thinks about the opposite sex 24-7. Smell that in the air beside the marijuana, <laughs> which is legal here. Like, so you smell the poontang and like smell the ladies in the air. And like, it was being creepy and he slapped Jordan Grace on the ass and just like, uh, okay. <laughs> Jordan Grace took it with a grain of salt. She was like, whatever, fair play. <laughs> like, um, it was weird. Uh, it was, <laughs> what can you say about Scott Steiner at this point that hasn't already been said? He's just a, He's just a bizarre, angry man. <laughs> he's, he, again, he's a walking meme. And the message was clear. It was great to see all three members just in the driver's seat and doing what they do best. Um, I love the, again, Jervis was the highlight of this entire match. How he is trying to seduce, not seduce, trying to be friends with Jordan Grace and how he is selling Scott Steiner's offense, just the fact that Scott Steiner looked at him the wrong way. And then he did a bump. It was, it was great. I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, PD Williams is trying to do a lot of Scott Steiner. Little PD pump is in full display here. The other team. Yeah, they had some highlight moments, but they were just cannon fodder for the pumps. They were just cannon fodder. The match ended with all three doing Steiner recliners, like, but the match ended before that. Scott Steiner, I should remind you guys, he just turned 57 a couple days ago, right? He did a Frankensteiner. He's 57, and I thought he was long past that now. Like, he's lost a lot of mass. He's not Big Papa Pump anymore, really, right? You can see a lot of, like, back fat and stuff. And granted, of course, like, he's getting older. And he slowed down a lot. But the fact that he can still do a freaking Frankensteiner at 57 years old, like usually he do, he saves that for very special occasions. And this one, yeah, this was the very special occasion. The crowd were going off. And then Triple Steiner recliners, all three of the other team tapped out. And yeah, Scott Steiner, Petey Williams, Jordan Grace are the winners. Scott Steiner once again slapped Jordan Grace on the ass. I didn't like it. I would have much rather... like. I would have accepted it better if Jordan slapped him on the ass just to kind of give that back and forth there. Um, but again, she didn't mind. All in all, it was just a fun match. It, again, walking memes not Scott Steiner. I was really worried that he was returning to Impact, but the fact that they brought in Little Petey Pump and Thick Mama Pump, 
I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And you guys should really check it out. Again, this is one of the best Impact Plus exclusive events they have done to date. Uh, yeah, I cannot praise it enough. Once you get past the first match and the audio issues throughout, like they're, no, they're not uh, they're not terrible, but they're noticeable in a lot of ways. Uh, you had the knockouts title match between Jessica Havoc and Taya Valkyrie. This I didn't like. Uh, so this is a storyline in the tapings as well, where Taya's trying to ask Rosemary once again for protection from Havoc, right? And the fact that the, the whole build-up for that on the tapings is that they're going to face off again on the tapings, but if you're having that match on the Impact Plus exclusive event, you're just bringing it to us early, even though it's pre-taped. Like, t- timelines with taping and live events can get confusing, but my point is the fact that you're you're making this match a very throwaway thing, it doesn't come off really well. And it should be this big thing. So Tyre comes out flanked by Johnny Bravo. And it was a, it was an entertaining match for the most part. Uh Tyre's claiming that Jessica Havoc is a wannabe uh Taya Valkyrie from like four years ago, which I don't know if that was a veiled shot at Seth Rollins. I don't know. I feel like it was just a snide little comment, but just the, the way that uh, wrestling has been these past few weeks, I don't know. Like everyone's just um, piling up on Seth Rollins at this point. Like maybe that's just me. But the, uh, the winner of this match was Jessica Havoc, but by count out. So she looked to have this match won. Johnny Bravo got involved. Uh, he managed to get Taya out of the ring again. So they had the triple threat match where Taya just walked away while uh, Havoc faced off against Madison Rain, kicked her ass. And again, now she's doing this. So she's being smart. And the title's not going to, that title wasn't going to change on an Impact Plus event. At least you don't think. But yeah, the, the storyline there is again, she's. It fits with her character, but I don't like how it devalues the matches that she's having for the knockouts title. And it's something that we've seen before. Like she's faced off against Jessica Havoc at Slammiversary. She's faced off again a few times now. Yeah, I didn't really like it personally, but at the very least, it's going to give some more momentum for the inevitable title match, which I think is happening next week for the tapings. Uh, unless it's like no DQ or something again, which. Taya did great in the Monsters Ball. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. But nevertheless, uh, Taya retains. Next match, Rhino is back in Impact Wrestling. Now, they both men do a promo beforehand um, where Moose... First off, so Jimmy Jacobs has become like the de facto interviewer at this point. So uh, Melissa Santos, she's gotten uh, married i should say mozatov to melissa santos and brian cage uh, i think it was last week week before they're now married but uh the whole thing with brian cage they're again going for this angle where he is maybe injured maybe not uh, after the street fight with michael elgin which i don't like they're going back to the well with that one because we went to all this trouble of but you had the real life drama of him actually getting injured at the i can't remember the name of the paper off the top of my head rebellion i think but 
when he finally won the title off uh, Johnny Impact, only to ha- have injured his back during that match. There was some real real stuff there mixed with storyline, which was great. And then Brian Cage coming back, proving that he is the machine. And like you had that great visual of him being on the stretcher, but he comes off with the neck breaks, tears it off, beats the crap out of Michael Elgin. We've gone through all that, and now they're trying to make us think that, oh, despite him being in the machine, oh, he might be injured. He might have to vacate the bell. He might have to do something rather, which they'll clear up next week. Really, I'm hoping that this storyline is just an excuse for them to like Brian Cage wanted to go on his honeymoon. Like that's what I'm really hoping that the real life reason is. But if it's some stupid storyline thing where like they're trying to make him seem weaker than he is, they they're kind of undervaluing what they've done for the past month. It, it doesn't it doesn't track with me. I don't like it. But then you have, um, so Melissa Santos is not there. Jimmy Jacobs has become the de facto interviewer, which I prefer because I would rather, much rather him than Rolando Menendez. So, and Moose actually calls him out on this saying like, where is Melissa? And, and he's saying like, oh, she's with, with her husband. You'll do for now. <laughs> it's like, despite now, like now they're even flat out saying that Melissa and Brian Cage are, that they said fiance but they're not married yet in the wrestling world, which, uh, okay. I don't know why they're leaving that open, but that, there's that. Moose is saying that it's another ECW original coming back to Impact, trying to take away like the, the spots from an uppercomer like him, which, valid argument. And it's the no jackhammer needed spear versus the gore in this one. Now, Rhino's promo right from the get-go like he was um he was uh censored during the impact taping where he he let off a few f-bombs and stuff and he got beeps and stuff but in this one oh he let loose it was a very similar promo but it was just like he let the flurkins fly man he was off the wall and he's saying he's making fun of the no jackhammer needed spear well i've got the no flurkins given gore (laughs) it's like damn you are good <laughs> he's just he's great he's just it's good to see him back in wrestling um so in this match itself like i said the spear versus the gore um the referee got knocked out halfway through moose did his spear and then he started hitting ryan with a chair rhino started powering out he did the gore the referee woke up in time one two three rhino has won his first match back in an impact wrestling ring of course we have the tapings to see him officially back i don't know if it'll be a squash match i hope it's something more becoming of a few of a former world champion (laughs) but yeah moose once again make himself look like the big dog comes off as a bumbling idiot but at the very least i'm glad rhino won and i'm glad that they're using him well i'm I'm glad that that, that's going for so this match i i allow moose to lose but the other ones so far, not a happy chap. Uh, you had the Impact World Tag Team title match. The North defeated Rich Swan, Willie Mack, and Reno Scum. Reno Scum are back in Impact Wrestling Ring. We haven't seen them for ages. It's like, where, uh, where have you been? Adam Thornstow and Lust of the Legend. You've 
the Impact Tag Team Division has missed you. And I'm glad that we're not having the same tag teams over and over, even on the Impact Plus events, that they bring in out some new competition for these guys. Um, one of the most the high the most high flying match on the entire in the entire card, which is saying something given the X Division scramble at the start. The North won, and I actually love how they did this. So Reno Scum had done like a big buckle bomb to Rich One and Willie Mac. Joss Alexander was on the apron right next to them. He tagged himself in, then he f- pretended that he was still on the outside, like out of it, like he was passed out or whatever. So they were doing all their tag team moves to Willie Mac and Rich Swan, and they're going for the pinfall. Pinfall, but the referee's like, "No, he's not a legal man." What? Who is? Boom! Right into a super kick by Ethan Page. Uh, the North get back on top once again. The North win. They retain their tag team titles. I have nothing but praise to talk about the North. Like, if nothing else, if you get an Impact Plus subscription. Just watch the North matches, man. They are something else. Then you have the big last match here. The number one contendership for the world title. Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. And everyone was thinking that they're actually going to do it. Tessa is actually going to be the intergender number one contender for the world championship. She's going to face Brian Cage. No. No, that didn't happen. Uh, your new number one contender... Sammy Callahan. Now, I'm. Oh, there are a lot of lot of things to unpack here. I'm. Sammy is very deserving. Sammy is very very deserving of being the number one contender. I do hope that this is the year that OVE get all the gold. Um, I've noticed that Dave Christ has taken a back seat in wrestling right now. So if he's going to be a tag team champion with Madman, at least Madman can take the brunt if there's like an injury there but this is bizarre so again like they're trying to make tessa seem like this big this their rising star like they're the main attraction for their roster like male or female like she can kick everyone's ass and they they are the only promotion that could maybe have had this intergender world title match and they didn't do it now, granted, they've been bigging her up for the past few weeks, like for a month or so now, with after Slammiversary and everything else. Um, they have done their job so far. I don't know where they're going to go from here because you've teased us with this world title match. And if it's not going to happen now, like, I, I think maybe they could add her to the world title match at bound for glory it would feel very weird and forced how they've done it oh, there there are a lot of elements to let play here so i'm not quite sure what to go with but um as for the match itself it was awesome it was absolutely class um for a good minute both wrestlers did nothing and they just stared at each other it was just a stare down for a solid minute and most and most um, promotions wouldn't do that. They would just have them like, what are you doing? Start the match right now. But it worked so well. It worked so well with the characters. And then they started circling each other. Sammy did the thumbs up, thumbs down. Tessa just gave him the bird. They were right into it. Uh, 
Callahan is being disgusting, as always. He worked Ted Blanchard's leg for most of the match, right? It came, Blanchard would make a comeback, but um, her legs were starting to falter throughout most of it where she couldn't lift up Sammy over her shoulders. Like, right from the start, though, she did a cutter. She did a spear through the ropes, like, from the entrance ramp. It was beautiful. Beautiful how she did it. Uh, but, yeah, after the the beatdown from uh, Sammy, she was a bit worse for wear. She finally made a comeback. She hit three magnums in a row, one from standing position, one from the second rope, and then the final one from the top rope. Looked like she was going to win, but then Jake Chris comes out, distracts the referee, allowing Callahan to recover and regain the advantage. He did a, he did a pile driver, right? And actually, I lie. So what happened was, uh, while he's distracting the referee, Sammy hit Tessa with the exhibition title. She kicked out, and then Sammy then had to do the pile driver to put away Tessa. So it took all of that to put away Tessa. So she came off once again, despite it being a victory, she came off looking like a champion and looking like the best thing in the whole, in whole, whole entire roster. After the match, when it looked like Sammy and Jake were going to add insult to injury, once again, Tommy Dreamer comes out to break up the OVE attack and cuts a promo on how great Tessa is. And no joke says... You have the heart and spirit of ECW in you. And like he's using that card so many times. Like, stop it, Tommy. Just freaking stop it. The, you, can, you can put over someone without mentioning ECW every five seconds. It does not work. And it's been played so many times now. And it was a great promo that he did. Like, just saying, telling her to get her ass up. Like, please, sir, may I have another... Like, Tessa, please may I have another Sir Blanchard. Get your ass up. And pr- prove to these people why they cheer you, why they love you. It was a great promo. I just wish he didn't say that stupid shit about her being the heart, like, the new heart of ECW and everything else. And, like, you- you're ruining it, Tommy. You're ruining it for me. It shows that they still have all these high hopes for Tessa Blanchard moving forward. I'm very excited for it. I'm just, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Uh, now, they, granted, so Sammy has earned a number one contendership. This doesn't necessarily mean it's at Bound for Glory, because Bound for Glory is in October. We've still got a lot more tapings before that. Maybe it, could, maybe it will be at one of the tapings. I don't know. And then they have to determine a new number one contender, maybe on another Impact Plus event, which would be a very smart move. And then maybe that would be a triple threat. Like I, you, you've they dangled this, and again they're trying to make the, they're realizing they've made the the promo, the call to arms for women's wrestling. Like that they, they realize what they have on their hands here. If they don't include Tessa in there somewhere, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I, it would make sense maybe to have Sammy. And Tessa in a triple threat with Brian Cage. I think that would work well. Um, for it's, it's all up in the air. But I again, Sammy is very, very deserving. I don't know uh, where he's going to go from here. If he is indeed going to win the world title. I hope. Because he is the most... 
he is the workhorse of that entire division. Like Moose is getting up there, but yeah, Sammy is, he's just great. He's absolutely great. And if anyone was going to defeat Brian Cage, if it's not going to be Tessa, yeah, give it to Callahan. OVE are taking over. Yeah, I absolutely love it. We have Starstruck as well, ladies and gentlemen. I'll just briefly glance over this because there's been a lot, a lot of wrestling this week. We had Triple Mania just finished, like which is phenomenal. It's just, oh, there's so much to unpack from this entire thing, but I'll try and get through it all. Uh, this is Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, you had Andy Brown, which is the Hollywood Heritage Champion. He defeated Adrian Quest to retain his title. You had Havoc defeat Viva Van, accompanied by Johnny Bravo. And then Havoc once again defeated Johnny Bravo in a quick squash match. <laughs> it just happened like that. Reno Scum were back. They defeated the Rock Nest Monsters. Um, I'm hoping Reno Scum are back now. Just to, there's one more tag team for the roster. I'm hoping it's not just for the Impact Plus exclusive event. Reno Scum, like, even though they're not being used even I can't remember they had the storyline with Falabar. That's right, Falabar, and like that kind of faltered after KM left, and then he had, then he joined Scarlet, and Scarlet left. But Reno Scarlet hopefully back now. They they need another tag team to mix things up a little, and if people aren't watching Impact Plus, it'll make things more exciting for people on the tapings, which more people should be watching Impact Wrestling. Because they need to. They definitely need to in these times. Peter Avalon defeated Jordan Clearwater. You had uh, Jordan Grace defeat Madison Rain. Once again, the Exhibition Championship was on the line. Jake Chris defeated Trey and Ace Austin. This was a triple threat this time, the big fatal five-way or six-way or whatever you want to think of it. Sammy Callahan defeated Willie Mack. Uh, Eddie Edwards defeated Moose, which is a nice little um, callback from the... So you had Sammy and Willie Mack, and then you had Eddie and Mo- Eddie Moose, of course, from the mashup tournament, how they were friends, and then they were back to being enemies and stuff. It was all over the place. Once again, uh, Michael Elgin defeated Rich Swan. If you loved their match from the tapings, this one is just as good as that one. And again, it ended the North, defeated Rhino and Tommy Dreamer this time. So right result. Uh, again, we don't have a tag tag team partner for Rhino. Just get Tommy Dreamer. He's he's the answer for everything in Impact Wrestling. Whether we like it or not, Tommy Dreamer is there to stay <laughs> in a lot of ways. He's not overbearing. It's just like it's just obvious how like if they don't have an answer to something, just bring in Tommy Dreamer. He'll make it right. Even if the, even if people realize it doesn't make sense, ECW, ECW. Ah, shut up, Tommy. Uh, that was Impact Wrestling this week. The lot of Impact Wrestling to go through. Impact, they're doing such good work, and it sucks because I'll end on the news from uh, AXS TV because they're still in talks about a new TV deal, and like they just it was last week they've signed a deal again with Twitch, which is a great thing. Like they're doing great things on Twitch, but. This whole debacle with AXS, it's just, uh, it's all over the place. Like, the on-again, off-again relationships they have on TV are just mind-boggling because the ta- it's it's not fair on the talent, it's not fair on 
all the people that are working so hard to make Impact Wrestling one of the best products out there because it is becoming one of the best products out there. And they once AEW start up, man, they need to really get their shit together because it will just be WWE versus AEW and people will forget about, like, they'll forget about Ring of Honor, they'll forget about Impact, they'll forget about MLW and all these other ones until they, until they get to that point where they make you remember, they remind you just how good the other shows are as well. I just hope, yeah, it, the AXS Impact story is just, there's so much twists and turns, right? It was even suggested at some point that the promotion would actually purchase the network, which like this this is all calling to Dave Meltzer, right, of the newsletter. Like that, all these companies have non-disclosure agreements, so we can't really extrapolate much more information based on what we have. But they've had after the disasters of the wrong episode airing one week, or splitting the broadcast in the chunks. Right, with only the first downloading for thousands of viewers after missing the main event of one, like the Willie Mac Rich Swan match, where it was one of the best matches of the year. Like, yeah, there's clearly the main thing is for them to get off pursuit, that's the main goal, right? And hopefully, they can organize a deal with AXS to be a part of actual their network rather than pursuit. Um, man, like. It just sucks because they're going through all these great changes at on the show, but the actual network itself is just doing them wrong each and every time. But if you stayed with me throughout this entire podcast, you'll have seen that this is actually a great time to be an Impact Wrestling fan. And you should be promoting this to everybody of the great work that they are doing on their with their promotion, with their talents. And it's all on the up, man. It's all on the up. That was Impact Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. I'll leave that there. If you want to follow me on all the socials, I'm at Mr. Mysterious with a 107i. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Grapple. Hit me up. Let me know what you thought about Unbreakable, Starstruck, and the latest episode of Impact Wrestling. If you want to follow us here collectively on the Beat Plus, because we're a great bunch of do so myself, we are at the Beat Plus Wrestling on Twitter, because wrestling wouldn't fit, and the Beat Plus Wrestling everywhere else. And remember, guys, we have our Patreon. Any amount you could donate would be greatly appreciated so we can keep giving you all what you want, when you want. Rhino, don't take my phrases. To showcase the very best of Australian wrestling and to keep you guys up to date on all the wrestling from around the globe. Like, share, subscribe, hit that five-star review. This has been the Impact Zone, and I'll see you later.